Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Criminality, the podcast we started because we believe it is not a crime. No. Yep. Because loving reality TV is not a crime. We also (laughs) believe it is not a crime to love reality TV. Hello, Melissa. It goes both ways, you know. Hi, Rebecca. How are you? Yeah, multi-purpose title. Mm -hmm. I'm great. I'm great. It's good to see you. Good to see you as well. Always great to catch up and see your beautiful face. Likewise, likewise. And gosh, it's like we're getting into that multiple housewives per week, you know, Salt Lake City premiered last night and whoa. So good, right? That's how you start a season. Truly, like even the first minute or so, I'm like, amazing. First of all, scripture verses? Yeah. (laughs) That's the first. They're really leaning in. (laughs) They are. I'm like, I've always appreciated the undertones, the religious undertones and like the musical score with the like, ha, ha. But this was like, and now we're going to put the Bible on your screen. And I'm just like, you know what? I am here for this. And they're dramatic readings and then like pulling out weird out of context verses. So out of context. (laughs) So amazing. It's so, I mean, maybe blasphemous. I'm not sure, but I love it. I'm not going to question it um, just in case, but um, (laughs) it was incredible. And then the huge mic drop moment in the middle of the episode. I could not wait. I was a few minutes ahead of you watching it. And I was like, please hurry up and get here. I'm, I'm, I'm just in shock of this Monica character. If you haven't watched the premiere of the fourth season of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City spoiler coming ahead but there's a new cast member with a a big bombshell I guess I won't spoil it for people but since this will be the same week um I didn't see that coming and I don't understand how they kept that so under wraps absolutely because I feel like we know so much now with social media and all that way before a season drops like yeah we know um but this was came out of nowhere and loved it I loved it. I mean, it just makes me so ready for the next episodes and the season. And what I really want to know is if the women, the other casts, know her secret. Right. Or is it not a secret? Because nobody has really responded on the show Mm -hmm. about it. Like, they're treating her just like a new person on the cast. Mm -hmm. So I'm really curious to watch that play out to see what they do or don't know and when they find out. Yeah. But before we get into today's story, the other big news that now is like kind of a week old, but I wanted to just kind of chat with you about was um, the breakup on Summer House, the Carl Radke, Lindsay split, which we found out happened on camera. So not only did they break off an engagement, but he did it on camera. And like the last week of the summer, right? It was the last week of filming, I assume. I would assume it would be like the very, very end. I don't love that no. for Lindsay. I think that was pretty low of Carl. 
super low. That was terrible. It was very tacky. But we get to see it. I'm so thankful. <laughs> I love That's tacky. Such a, these are like, you know, it's we have to face our demons when you like reality TV. Like that's the price we pay is that we have to confront the ugly parts mm-hmm. of ourselves that are like, that is wrong. Yeah. But man, am I grateful. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm with you. The whole thing is wild. And I think um, their wedding was planned for November, maybe. So thankful we don't have yeah, to watch a wedding in special. Mexico. Super this happy. is true. Um, this is true. But I read or heard probably a TikTok, let's be honest, where they said that he broke up with her maybe a day after they could get refunds for this stuff. So like they're going okay, to lose that is, their money. But he's going to lose his too. But that is so, I'm sorry, that is so typical, not of Carl, but of a guy. Like I just no, feel I like it. that would, like I think that would burn worse than anything <laughs> be like really could you not have done this the day before yeah i feel like you it's, could have called production in here a day before they would have been just 100%. fine but that coupling i know people thought it was fake i never thought it was fake but i thought it was a relationship of convenience and kind of like i'm building my empire you want to build yours let's do it together we're going to make more money together kind of thing yeah i i'm with you i never thought it was fake fake but I also it's not like I didn't buy it I just didn't like them together I I found I think you're right I think they thought they made sense on paper Mm -hmm. um and they just they were they were doing too much and trying too hard the way they were coupling on camera was really off-putting to me like they're not the kind of couple I would like hanging out with and look Danielle saw it coming like she got so much heat but I think she really maybe knew deep down this wasn't right and that they were moving really fast yeah and I don't know I don't know ever since um, I found out that their rent is like thirteen thousand dollars a month I haven't been able to move on like that's the first thing that hits my head they've broken up how are you gonna pay for your rent who's gonna pay well, this is gonna like the, the tale as old as time on these couples who like have built this you know wealth and this show together then they move in like Ariana and yeah. Sandoval, mm-hmm. they're still sharing that huge house because the mortgage is so high and you can't just sell that mm-hmm. in like a month. Same thing with this apartment. I'm sure they're locked into a lease and it's messy and expensive. Yeah. And yeah, you never want to like diminish someone's relationship or say you don't like someone as a couple, but I just never did. <laughs> you don't and want I think to, I kept I it to myself. <laughs> right. Well, I kept it to myself when they were together because I think that is like a bad look when people are really in love and they're just talking about it all the time. Like these people are in my life. But I was just like, you know what? I'm going to let them like have this because people were being so mean. Yeah. But now I'm like, yeah, I didn't see it. Yeah. And I think... I think they're probably both difficult people to be in relationships with, but and you add um, on to in different ways his sobriety being a wonderful thing for him, great, but and a necessary thing. necessary. And then as activated as she will get, mm-hmm. it seems like that could be a disaster. And then him losing his brother. I mean, there was a lot going on in his life. I'm not saying either one of them are right or wrong, but it just seemed like oh, this might be maybe. I don't know. Love just isn't enough sometimes. And this person. I 100% agree. And when she was kind of downplaying her desire to go out drinking with the girls mm-hmm. in that last season because she was felt like she should be with Carl. I'm like, this is so bad. They have to talk this out and figure this out. And I speak from experience. I actually, I never talk about this on any podcasts, but I just celebrated my six-year sober anniversary. Thank you. And this is a major conversation with my husband that had to be had and has to be renegotiated and reevaluated mm-hmm. because he isn't sober. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just a real big part of our relationship now. So 
they should have come to us yeah. is what I'm saying. They could have come to me and my husband. <laughs> we could have really helped. Let's you know what? put them on the straight and narrow. Yeah. Um, speaking of sobriety, it's actually a pretty good segue into today's episode. Okay. I like how and you did that. Not more about my life. <laughs> um, I'm going to tell you a story and we're going to start really like the stories of your youth, Melissa. Ooh, Are you ready? I am. Once upon a time. Ooh. <laughs> That's right. Way back. Yes, there were three sisters whose names all began with the letter K. The sister's mother looked at them and saw dollar signs. I'm sorry, darling daughters. And so she nurtured them and protected them from the cruel world of show business. If you're thinking we're talking about the Kardashian sisters, I'm sorry, wrong family. Because before the Kim, Courtney, and Chloe trio, there was Kim, Kathy, and Kyle. And much like on Keeping Up with the Kardashians, today's story it's going to focus mostly on Kim. Ooh, That's right. I like it. Kim Richards. Yes. And I think you knew this pretty much straight out the gate. Yeah. Let's go over those clues again. They were sister, as in she is a sister to Kathy and Kyle. Target, as in the store. We'll get there. And fiance. We're going to get to yeah. him too. Yeah. So put a pin in those clues and Kyle's whole story because to understand Kim Richards, tortured sister to Kathy Hilton and Kyle <laughs> Richards Umansky, at least for now, we have to go back a whole generation just for a minute to understand the sister's mother, Kathleen Dugan Avanzino Richards Catane Fenton. What? So that did include her maiden name. I'm going to give her that. There's only four married last names. Okay. She's affectionately known as Big Kathy, and I think from here on out, we'll just go with Big Kathy. But is that an affectionate name? <laughs> when I was growing up, I have a cousin named Melissa, or a step-cousin, and she was Big oh, Melissa, no. and I was Little oh, Melissa. Oh, no. Yeah. You're right. You're right. It's not affectionate, mm-hmm. but I do think it became because she named her daughter Kathleen, she and it was it Kathy. Herself. She did it to herself. I mean, when it's a mother-daughter, the Big is a little more... It's a little less cutting, I think. I, I don't know. I don't know. The baby I am very little. little Melissa, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, I will. I would too. That is fair. Well, Big Kathy grew up in a wealthy suburb on Long Island called Manhasset with her very boisterous Irish Catholic family. She was one of many kids, don't have that number, uh, and she dropped out of school at age 16 with a pretty clear plan, which was marry well. And to be clear, that meant marry rich. She always had a taste for the finer things in life. And in her big family, they were doing well. They were comfortable, but never quite to the level that she saw herself fitting into. Got it. So she meets this college football player, Lawrence Avanzino, who was this sweet, blonde, cute guy. And they loved each other and they really loved partying together. And so she ended up getting pregnant at age 20. They got married and they had her firstborn, Kathleen Elizabeth Avanzino, who we, of course, now know as Kathy Hilton. But when she was born, like I mentioned, it became, she became little Kathy. So there was big Kathy and little Kathy. Mm -hmm. The problem with Lawrence was that, you know, they got along well enough, but he couldn't seem to hold down a job that was paying what she felt she wanted for her family. So she left him moved on and became a single mother, but not for long, because the next man to captivate Big Kathy was a guy named Kenneth Edwin Richards, mostly went by Kenny. From what I read, he was referred to as sophisticated. He'd been a high-ranking officer in the army, but when he returned to New York, he successfully transitioned into business. He started a successful women's clothing marketing company, and Kenny made a lot of money. Get this, he made enough money for them to have a really nice home in Garden City, which is a Long Island suburb, a beautiful apartment in Manhattan, 
and a family farm upstate. Whoa. New York is a really expensive place to live. If you can get one of those, you're doing really well. If you can get all three, it's kind of the dream. Like, I would have stayed with him forever. (laughs) That's just me. So Kenny and Big Kathy expanded their family, and they had two daughters together, Kim and Kyle. So now our trio is complete. We've got the three girls. The family moved from New York to L.A., and this was when the girls were really young. And this is when Big Kathy really started pursuing show business for them. She dabbled in it in New York because, you know, you can do that in New York, whether you live in the city or Long Island. But the proximity to Hollywood meant real careers were possible. Big Kathy's marriage, unlike to Lawrence, to Kenny, it was very turbulent. So after six years, she filed for divorce. And then a longer, let me say this, a battle over money ensued that was longer than their marriage. It was nine years before they like settled all of their stuff. And again, when you have those three homes, like, yeah, that would take time, I guess. Very Bethany Um, Frankel hoppy of her. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. This was, and this had to be in like, when we're these women born this was probably the early 70s or something like so yeah so they also battled over the girl's career so I think they differed on what should be done about that but Kathy herself did take jobs she wasn't just farming her daughters out to work she worked at makeup counters and retail stores but honestly she got really tired of doing that because it doesn't pay that well lots of hours away and she frankly looked at her daughters and saw their potential as actors and models could make them and afford them so much more than these little jobs. So she stopped working and made managing their careers and auditions her full-time job. Seems like Kathy, big Kathy, no, sorry, little Kathy, wasn't so into it the way Mm. Kim and Kyle were. They just had a more natural affinity for it. They were really easygoing and kind of into it in a way Kathy wasn't. Kathy was too busy doing dental extractions to be able to deal with any of this. That's right. She's like, is your smile as dazzling as it could be before that audition? Let me get rid of that snaggle. (laughs) Would love to see old home movies. Me too. Okay, so Kathy goes on to marry two more men, and we don't have to spend too much time on them, but it's important to note for a couple reasons. One was Jack Catane. I'm not exactly sure how you say his last name, and I did look it up, but he was a pretty well-known mobster with ties to Angelo Bruno. What? And if you know that name, he Angelo Bruno was known as the Philadelphia Godfather. So the same year Kathy married Catane, Bruno was murdered. So the mobster ties... After they divorced, because again, they didn't stay together that long, I don't really know how long, he was convicted, Katane, for his role in a $3.3 million counterfeiting operation. So he was like deep in some mafia operations. The next husband, and she didn't have any children with him. The three girls are done. Those are her kids. The next husband and the last husband was Robert C. Fenton Jr., who she met in Palm Springs. And this becomes important because... His house is the GD house that Kim (gasps) accuses Kyle of stealing in the season one of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Do not worry. We will get there. I promise. Yeah, that was his house. Robert C. Fenton and Big Kathy were still married when she passed away from breast cancer in 2002. She was 64. He passed away a year later. Now, as I said, the three girls, they're working, but it was really Kim. Kyle booked a lot of jobs, but Kim was like crushing it right she was consistently working and her her jobs and it was her career that afforded big kathy and the girls this really comfortable lifestyle now 
Kim was known for a lot of things, but she's probably best known for her role in Escape to Witch Mountain and Return from Witch Mountain. I was actually, I can never say this on the show, but I was actually too young for those. I didn't watch those, Ooh. did you? No, I didn't. And it had the like word I can, witch in it. I wouldn't have been allowed to watch it anyway. It's not my thing. My husband, when he found out Kim Richards on Beverly Hills <laughs> was Kim Richards from Escape from Rich Mountain, he's like, I loved her. I think she was like a real young boy in the 70s, like fantasy yeah, girl. Yeah. So that was fun to learn. <laughs> So she starred in a lot of shows I didn't watch because of the time period, but she was also a guest on shows that I know you and our listeners would know. Different Strokes, yes. Fantasy Island, The Love Boat, Chips, Magnum P.I., The Dukes of Hazard, and Little House on the Prairie, which I know you watched. I loved Little House on the Prairie right? so much. I mean, Laura Ingalls Wilder. Mm, I what's not to, to love? Her. Michael Landon? Mm, oh, please. Rugged I get emotional when dad. I think of <laughs> Can I think you, of Highway to Heaven and the guy in the I know. wheelchair falling in the wall? I don't know. Oh my gosh, whole thing. it's too much. Mm-hmm. So her IMDb is lengthy. Heather DeBrow could never. <laughs> but let's be honest. We're not talking about Kim Richards because of her impressive roster of credits from when she was a child actor or even because of her two-time appearance on The Simple Life with Paris and Nicole. <laughs> Paris, of course, being her niece. And I'd venture to guess, Melissa, that you might not even realize she starred in excuse me, she did not star. She made an appearance in the 2006 cinematic masterpiece, Black Snake Moan. What? (laughs) Yes, with Samuel L. Jackson and Christina Ricci. Did you say Sharknado? I said Sharknado. And um, and wasn't Justin Timberlake in that as well? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She was in that. Um, See, you didn't know. No no idea. (laughs) But let's be honest, I'm doing an episode about her because Kim Richards shined so bright like a diamond, you might say, on the first season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, accusing her very own sister, Kyle, of stealing her house in the back of a limo. Again, I keep teasing you. We're going to get there. First, let's take a quick break from this week's sponsor. Spring is bursting with fresh energy. The air, our aspirations, and even our homes get a refreshing makeover. And what better time to revamp your home security with Simply Safe? It's our top choice and for good reason. Praised as the best home security system for 2024 by US News and World Report and recognized by Newsweek for its exceptional customer service, Simply Safe has you covered. From break-ins to fires and floods, its comprehensive sensors keep your entire home safeguarded. I also love that with the cameras I have in my house, I can be gone, not be able to get a hold of a kid, and simply go onto one of the cameras and look around the room and see my kid is there and safe, but just ignoring me, as you know, kids will do sometimes. And with a range of indoor and outdoor cameras, you can keep a vigilant eye on your property around the clock. For less than a dollar a day, you can enjoy 24-7 professional monitoring, ensuring prompt emergency responses for whenever you need it. Plus, Simply Safe's monitoring agents can intervene in real time, deterring intruders with the power of voice through wireless indoor cameras. But the best part is there's no long-term commitment and you have a generous 60-day money-back guarantee. So why not give Simply Safe a try? If it doesn't exceed your expectations, simply return it for a full refund. Simply Safe has given us and our listeners real peace of mind. We want you to have it too. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com/criminality. That's simplysafe.com/criminality. There's no safe like Simply Safe. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before we continue, I just want to relish in, because some of this is going to get sad and dark. I just want to relish in some of the gifts Kim gave us. So like for you, Melissa, Uh what is the most, you know, what is your favorite Kim Richards memory from Beverly Hills? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Or just what pops to mind that you enjoy thinking about? Well, the first thing that pops to my mind is slut pig. Um, (laughs) (laughs) If I'm being honest. It it was to to Taylor, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, pig. yeah. Um, of course. I think that in my mind a lot. If somebody cuts me off in traffic, that's what I call them. It really cuts to the chase, you know. It, does. it is. Um, You're not wondering not what nice. you mean. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm gonna send you a clip because okay. this is um, less lighthearted. This is one of the the more intense ones, but I think well, she'd already made her mark. But this was a big one. This is in Amsterdam Ooh. when she goes head to head with Lisa Rinna. Excuse me, did you just say let's talk about the husband? Let's not talk about what you don't want to help. You know what? Let me tell you something. Don't you ever touch my husband. Just saying. Don't you ever touch out for everybody to know? You better watch what you talk about me or everybody will know. Everybody will know. my husband. Everybody will know. You understand that? Oh, the Kyle run. The Kyle run is so good and her hair flying. It's, you know, my gosh. That struck me so much in this rewatch was her running out. It reminds me of something that I can't remember what it is, but it is so... I feel like she's done that again. And then Tamara runs off one time and that's the one that I always think of. But I forgot about Eileen Davidson. I actually loved her as a housewife and I wish they would bring her back. Well, I loved her too because she actually treated this cast like they were her soap opera cast. Mm-hmm. In that same scene, Kim calls her a beast. Oh, yes. You beast. And Eileen is like, oh, yeah. how dare you? You know, it's just so over the top. Gosh, it was so good. I know. But yeah, I also forgot that Lisa kind of lunges at her with at her, her hand neck. towards her neck. Yeah. Like there was about to be a strangle there. That was crazy. So yeah, Kim was not afraid of going head to head. And she clearly hit on something there that they all knew about that mm-hmm. they weren't talking about. Okay, so we're going to go back to Beverly Hills, I promise. But I just had to like yeah. get us in the mm-hmm. in the headspace. Yeah. So we're going to tackle the many legal and criminal battles Kim faced. But first, we actually have to cover her marriages. Because like Big Kathy, Kim was also a serial wife. And while her marriage to her first husband, Monty, would only last three years, she would stay besties with this guy yeah. till the end. And we hear about Monty for years. And of course, in later seasons, and then when he passed away and was battling cancer, that was a really difficult time for them. It's so clear the two of them remained yeah. the best of friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and Monty is the father of Kim's firstborn, Brooke. Then she married after Monty, she married Greg Davis, and they have two children together, Whitney and Chad. They divorced in 91. So it's 1991. Kim is now a single mom with three kids when she meets who she calls the love of her life. Now, we haven't really, 
I did say this would be about sobriety. Anybody listening who is familiar with Kim Richards and the Beverly Hills knows that um, her her struggles with alcohol were a huge storyline, yeah. part of the show, really difficult part. But that wasn't new. That wasn't just something that happened like in the 2000s or around the time of the show. This goes back a long way, connected to her child stardom, yeah. likely, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, speculating, but probably. So it was 1991 when she met this guy, John Collette, and this is how they met. She was driving into an AA meeting, pulling into the parking lot. Uh-huh. He was on his way out, which... I find adorable. That is a very cute and uh, appropriate for Kim meet cute. I completely agree. And it gets better. He says, wait a minute. Are you Kim Richards? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, I've been in love with you <gasps> since I was 10 years old. I'm like, that could have been my husband. I know. I was going to say, are we, are we sure that's who it was? <laughs> I wouldn't be sitting here, but interesting if it had been him. So let me just tell you, I'm going to post pictures on Instagram. John Colette. Oh my gosh. He is John Hamm meets JFK Jr. What? Yes. And Kim, when they were together, is like her absolute cutest. She looks like a Malibu Barbie. They are so gorgeous. They date, they fall in love, they get engaged within months. John is eight years sober and he took his sobriety really seriously, attended meetings. He was a sponsor to other guys. And this was huge for Kim because she wanted that for her life and for her three young kids. She was parenting solo. But then the worst thing imaginable happened. One day he called Kim from a payphone because that was the era, right? There's no there's no cell phones. Or if there were, they were like as big as cement blocks. Yeah. He's talking on the phone with her. While on the phone speaking, he is shot, murdered. I had no idea phone. that's how that went down. It is how that went down. Now, two things would come out later about John Collette. One... He'd been under investigation by state officials on suspicion of defrauding investors. I guess he was selling illegal partnerships in oil and gas ventures. Two, he played a significant role in one of the country's major scams at the time. He had 80,000 victims and they were elderly, totaling $150 million in losses from these victims. Like the Jen Shaw scam before the Jen Shaw scam. I mean, which shows you that this has been happening of course, forever. So I believe he was a really good guy personally, just business-wise, for whatever reason, like his moral compass was a bit off. So this still feels to me like a big leap to become a target for murder. The killer, as in the man who shot him, was convicted and sentenced um, to 30 years to life. But the police and the prosecution team believe he was just a hired hitman (gasps) and that this was on behalf of someone much higher up and more powerful. But the shooter denies this and has never offered up an alternative theory or person because of this, because he's not really admitting to the bigger story. He's been denied parole, so he is still in prison. His story is that John and him were actually going to go in on business together, but John was threatening him to to launder money, and he said, I'm going to kill you if you don't go along with it, and so he killed him first. That's his story. So I don't really know which is right, but regardless this trauma had a major impact on kim who truly believed and will still say she believes he was going to be like her forever person i mean they were he was like the girl's acting father it is all just really really sad and again i'll post pictures they're just they're so sad how long uh, were they together do you know it was less than a year like it all it was 1991 that they got together and this literally was like nine months later oh my god i mean so they were kind of in the throes of like the beginning of their relationship and it's so so sad 
Again, kind of like her mother, Big Kathy, she rebounded quickly and she got together with her very last baby daddy, John Jackson. They never married, but they were together from 92 to 96. And that's who she has her last and youngest child, Kimberly. So again, like Kathy named one of her girls after herself. Yeah. Who goes by Kimberly, I think. Thank goodness. It does help. Yes. It really does. Yeah. So now we can finally jump to 2010 when The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills premieres. I just really needed to kind of show sort of where she came from and also like just her her married life and her young motherhood years. There's a lot there leading up to when we meet her on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which very important franchise. It's the sixth one. Really? And that far down? Mm-hmm. Wow. I would it's have thought the sixth, fourth. Maybe. I know. It's the sixth and important, right? Because we get Lisa Vanderpump. Mm-hmm. Who gives us Vanderpump rules? I mean, think about a world in which Beverly Hills had never happened. Ugh, it's hard to imagine. I refuse. I refuse too. So I thought this was interesting. I looked at the cast and I'm like, why does it seem so small and not who I thought was the original cast? Can you name all the, let me tell you how many there are. Okay. One, two, three, four, five. There's six. Okay. Adrian Maloof, who is she in this yep. world? Lisa Vanderpump. <laughs> yep. Kyle, Kathy, Brandy. I think you meant Kim. Oh, yeah. Kathy. Sorry. Kim. Yeah. Kyle. Brandy. And there's nope. another. Brandy wasn't one? No, Brandy. No. I don't know. No, you do. Um, Give me a clue. Pernicious. Oh, oh, oh. Um, <laughs> uh, Fraser's old wife. Uh, Camille Grammer. Camille Grammer, yes. And Taylor. Oh, yeah. Taylor was one. Brandy didn't come on to like, I want to say three, but maybe really? it was season two. Wow. Okay. But yeah. But she wasn't on the first one. So we have Kyle, Adrian, Kim, Lisa, Camille, and Taylor. Well done. Eh. So well, it was really good. But that's what, but you were the same as me. That's why I made note of it because I'm like, in my head, it was different. Right. And Brandy was definitely there. So throughout the seasons of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Kyle and Kim have a contentious relationship. I mean, Sisters should not go on this show. Have no. we learned nothing? And it's apparent they love each other, but they've been through a lot, and they're really different. And Kim is this kind of free spirit. She, her style's different, mm-hmm. right? She's a little more like boho, hippie, and like animal lover. I mean, Kyle loves animals too, so I don't know why I gave that only to Kim. But Kyle's just, to me, like a little more regimented, a little more uptight. Right. What's also crazy in rewatching Beverly Hills, the way their voices change and sound like each other, like they have distinctive voices, but then when they say certain things, they each sound like the other. Oh, interesting. It's really like such an interesting, genetics are interesting. Okay. So as we've said and already hinted at, Kim's sobriety becomes a big part of the storyline. And anyone familiar with the Richard sisters and the show will never forget the infamous scene in the back of the limo after Taylor's party, which I think is worth playing because this is a lot of where all this stuff starts. I took care of my whole family growing up. I mean, I bought her her first car, bought her home. You know, I did it all. Oh my God, you're embarrassing. I'm embarrassing? Really? I'm the one who's sick of being embarrassed and defending you. Oh, don't. Well, maybe I won't anymore. Good. You are unbelievable. Gosh, Kyle. Okay, well, you f***ing phony. I'm the farthest from that, okay? You need to get help. What are you doing with this whole thing in here like this? What are you doing? Unbelievable. 
unbelievable. And mom had to die worrying about you and stressing about you and leave this on my shoulders. After everything that I have done for you, everything I've done for you, I'm always there for you. Everything you've done for me? Yeah, yeah, everything I've done for you. He stole my house! Listen. Did you hear what you just said, Kim? Oh, are you out of your mind? You are so sick. Did you hear what you just said? My husband has helped you every month and stood by you and taken care of you, okay? Like you're a second wife. So you for oh talking like God. that. You're no, a liar. You better take that back right now. You better stop it. Stop it right now. Stop it. You are a liar and sick and an alcoholic. Stop it. Okay? You are an alcoholic. Yes, that's oh right. God. That's right. I've said it now. Everybody knows. So get the hell out of here. Get the hell out of here. Quiet. Drink. Stop. 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 That was even darker than I remember it. And it was pretty Same. dark. Rewatching, I'm like, gosh, that was such a dark season. So, I mean, accusing Kyle of stealing a house. Like, I don't know how you steal a house. Yeah, um, yeah. We'll find out. But her response is just so cruel. Mm -hmm. Like, Knowing the cameras just, are there and knowing it was all being filmed. Yeah, there and, was, and I don't know. Those are both, they're both in really hard roles to be in. And that's kind of, well, We'll talk about this at the end, but like, oh, it's rough. So yeah, accusing Kyle of stealing her house is a big accusation. And a lot of people are confused by it. Like, what does she mean steal a house? Which house? And I'm going to clear it all up. But I do think Kyle's response to publicly calling out her alcoholism, something that hadn't been said on camera before, yeah. like you mentioned, was just this, you know, airing of a family secret that was really hard to watch. Um, and it ends up setting the tone for the rest of the seasons mm -hmm. because that was now out there. And so that really becomes Kim's persona and storyline and much to her detriment, I would say. Yeah. So the house, did Kyle really steal it? I don't think so. <laughs> Here's what happened, I think. <laughs> when Big Kathy died, she named Kyle executor of the trust, which is interesting because Kyle's actually the youngest, but right. Big Kathy had asked Kyle to hold on to the house in Palm Desert. She said, wait 10 years before selling it. I don't think it was sentimental reasons. I'm not sure. And also her husband was living at that point too. So she probably wanted to make sure he had a yeah. home. So Kyle kept the promise despite it being a terrible business decision, according to Kyle. And we know obviously Mauricio and Kathy Hilton's husband, Rick, are in real estate. My guess is they would have a pretty good sense of if this was a good investment yeah. or a bad one. They said it was a bad one, but they did it because they wanted to honor her mother's wish, which I think is the right thing to do. So Kyle wrote on her blog in response to all this drama around stealing the house. You remember the blogs? Mm -hmm. Quote, it's quite simple. My sisters both wanted me to buy them out of our mother's house. I did so, paying them both an equal amount. Why would Kim accept anything less? For whatever reason, as years passed, she thought I paid Kathy more. It wasn't the case, which is why I brought up the deposited checks again. I do not want to go into more private details, even though in doing so, I would explain my side much more clearly. Then just do it. You can. I know. Vague, at this point, like you, so much worse has been said private about your private lives. There's a later scene where they're actually in Kyle's house in Palm Springs, and they bring it up again. And Kyle tells they're rehashing it again, and Kim saying, "I haven't brought the house up in years," as in like, "Why are you mad at me? Right. I didn't bring up the house you stole for years." And she's like, "I didn't steal the house. You are not in a position to share the mortgage." So it sounds like. 
they were offloading it because they couldn't really divide it. It wouldn't be divided fairly because maybe Kim didn't have the money. They okay. did. So there was an agreement. Maybe the agreement was Kathy and Kyle voted and it was two to three. I don't know exactly, yeah. but obviously there was some deep rooted issue with it and it was happening in Kyle's Palm Desert house, which we've seen on the show, mm-hmm. which is massive. Right. And I don't love it. It's very brown. But I think, but Kim was having like this visceral reaction. Like, I can't believe we are sitting here in this house that you were able to buy because of the sale of that house. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that's where the resentment comes in. Yeah. It makes total sense. And also, this is the woman who bought her family's homes when she was a child. And it's just this weird imbalance. And it's not even exactly Kyle's fault. Mm -hmm. I'm coming to my conclusions, which are for later. That's right. So... The truth of the matter is Kim had bigger things to worry about than a house in the desert because in 2015, after what Kim says was a three-year-long period of sobriety, Kim got arrested at the iconic Beverly Hills Polo Club, which is the restaurant at the Beverly Hills Hotel, for trespassing, public intoxication, resisting an officer, and battery on a police. That's like Luann, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, big time. I didn't realize the charges were so serious. So I'm going to tell you what happened from my research and then I want you to compare it I want to I'm going to play you what she told Andy and later what she told Dr. Phil okay because there's some discrepancies so according to what I learned Kim's first husband Monty who we discussed got cancer was sick and she was really caring for him her son Chad was also sick we don't know what he had or what was wrong but he's okay now but he was sick so she was just in that like maternal caring for mode and she stopped practicing her own self-care she stopped going to meetings so she was just vulnerable Mm -hmm. and not taking care of herself she'd also been accused by lisa renna on the season of lapsing in her sobriety so she was completely on edge do you remember that when she was saying she was taking pills yeah yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. so apparently she goes to visit her daughter brooke one night and she needed to watch the whole previous season because she hadn't at that point and she was due to write these blog posts because they were required to write those stupid blogs at one point yeah so she hadn't done it it had all built up she really didn't feel like she wanted to face the season but she did and that made her want to have a glass of wine and good lord don't blame her like I would probably need to drink too if I rewatched myself on a show like that so she has this glass of wine she feels so guilty because she's in her daughter's home and she doesn't want to be there after having a drink so she leaves and realizes then that she shouldn't be driving, but she's only had a glass of wine. But if you haven't drank for a long time, that you yeah. might be feeling a little bit of the effects. So she pulls into the nearby Beverly Hills Hotel. Now, Kim has talked extensively about what a place of comfort this was. She grew up staying there. She grew up eating there. Apparently, her mom and her sisters had a booth, like Big Kathy and the girls uh-huh. had a booth. Okay. Okay. So this is like the heyday of, you know, old Hollywood. And... Also, one of her ex-husbands, I wish I knew which one, father, one of her ex's fathers owned the hotel at one point. Oh my gosh. So it was like a home away from home. She was a VIP there. There was a period of time she stopped going and that explains a little bit about why she wasn't known on this occasion when she went in and that might have been the reason some chaos ensued. So she enters and... She was told the bar and restaurant are closing soon. And she said, well, I'm just going to sit down. I don't want to drink. I just need to sit. I can't drive right now. And they said, no, you're going to have to leave. That's what the maitre d' said. She refused. 
then apparently she talks to some other patrons who were finishing up at the bar and the hotel staff repeatedly told her they're going to call the police if she doesn't leave, which just feels so extreme if it's open, Mm -hmm. even if she's not like you'd think if someone said, hey, just need to sit for a minute so I don't drive. You might let them if you're not being like obnoxious and belligerent. Exactly. And from everything I saw that Kim said, she wasn't. So all of a sudden the police show up and it felt according to Kim, very like a little over the top and kind of an overreaction. So here's how she described it to Andy Cohen on Watch What Happens Live. So when I walked in, nobody knew me there. And I was like, oh, um," and he's like, oh, we're closed. We're closing soon. And I was like, I'm just going to sit in my booth. I used to, this is my booth. (laughs) This is my booth. And he's like, no, you you know, I'm like, yeah, please, I'm staying. I'm staying. I can't drive. I don't want to drive. I'm scared. And he's like, no. He said, if you don't leave, we're calling the police. And I really thought he was joking. Right. And he called the police. And one thing led to another. And I, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, I just don't think it went down the way she said. I think she was probably a lot more animated and just said, I'm sitting mm-hmm. in my booth. This is my booth. Mm-hmm. Don't you know who I am? One of those kind mm-hmm. of situations more so. Then it, For sure. Then this would all make more sense. And refusing to leave if she's bugging other, other patrons, then yeah, you can see how this got ugly really fast. Yeah, so I put another clip in. This is how she describes it to Dr. Phil in an exclusive one-hour sit-down, which I actually recommend people watch if you want to understand Kim more deeply. I am no Dr. Phil fan, Mm -hmm. but this um, really does get to a lot of the issues. But here's how the story slightly changes and gets maybe a little more accurate. Okay. But then it gets to the point that he comes back and says, no, you're trespassing. You need to not only go back to your table, you need to leave this establishment. Were you loud? Were you obnoxious? Were you crazy? I don't remember all that. I remember bits and pieces. When I get upset, all I can tell you is from that point, he called the police. They came. They said, let's go. I went to go in to use the ladies' room. And a few minutes later, they all came into the bathroom like... Come on out. Okay, so were you in a stall? I was in the stall, but getting ready to come out. Was the door locked? Yes. And then a few minutes later, they're in there banging on the door. Was it a few minutes later? It was a few minutes later. How do you know? Because I know that. You I just said you're in. remembering pieces. No, I know it was just a few minutes. I didn't lock myself. So and I'll one tell of the pieces you, you well, remember. Here's the thing. I started to get scared. When they first banged on the door, I was scared. And I was intoxicated. So... Everything's magnified. You said they had to physically pull you out of the restroom. Did they get, how did they get the door open? Did you eventually open it? Yeah, I unlocked it and then they just grabbed me. Like they didn't even give me an opportunity to walk. Were you you like a cat in a sack? I mean, were you? No, just like, pick me up. But then you don't really remember. It's more like a fog. I, I do remember the whole night, but I didn't go completely. Like, I blacked out before many years ago. I didn't do that. It's just everything's kind of in waves for me. But that's pretty intoxicated, though. I'm beating myself up over this. Dr. Phil doesn't let her off the hook as easily as Andy, right? No. Like, he challenges her on the details. And you can see why she got charged. She doesn't say it here, but in a later moment in this interview, she actually does kick a cop. Um, Okay. Kind of like just trying to resist arrest like right. just I think she's handcuffed and she's kicking mm-hmm. I don't think she hurt him but right can't do that, can't do that. so mm-hmm. thoughts on the Dr. Phil and um, Kim dynamic uh, 
uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, it's uncomfortable. so uncomfortable. But it was interesting with him asking her, well, you forgot. You forgot. You said you were mm-hmm. missing. And her just saying, no, 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 I, I remember this, which it does make you question like, okay, well, which is it? Do you forget the parts that yeah. conveniently you want to forget and remember right. the ones that help you? So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And another thing that comes out in that interview is that the one drink at Brooks was vodka. Um, oh, okay. Talked, yeah, and that it was not a small drink. Mm-hmm. So I think she had like a decent sized cup of vodka. And yeah, on her little frame after not drinking for a long time, sure. Um, of course, she was feeling it. So I also think it's worth mentioning here that Kim was a full-time cast member on seasons one through five of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. After season two, when her drinking became a much bigger issue on the show, Bravo actually paid for Kim to go to rehab. Oh, wow. But they also continued to employ her. So it's like they were worried about her drinking and they felt like this was a risk, but they knew she was good for the show. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, I don't know that those two things can like coexist and work effectively. I'm sure Bethany's going to use this in her whole entire thing. This will come up. I don't want to fuel her fire. (laughs) How dare you? This is one of those reasons where you're like, I don't think reality TV can have it both ways. Like you either need to, they did ultimately eventually fire her because of this reason. But I think they should have sent her to rehab and said like, pause, right? Which they've done it with in other cases, put you on pause. Likewise, Dr. Phil, after this interview said, I'm willing to put you up in an intensive treatment. He doesn't think she needs 30 days. He thinks she needs 60. Mm. And, you know, she's fighting him. She's bargaining. She's saying, I'll do it if it's close to home. I'll do it if my kids can visit. I'll do it if I can leave for my daughter's wedding. And he just said, you either got to trust the process or or not. Like, the deal yeah. is, like, you say yes to this or it's not happening. And they went back and forth quite a bit. But the daughter's wedding, I can see how that would I be, actually, like, a deal breaker. I agree. I would never miss my daughter's wedding. And I think if he had just given her that and said, whatever we do, we'll ensure you make it safely to your daughter's wedding and back. That's it. She would have been fine. But um, he did some spiel, like a disclaimer at the end, like why he did it the way he did it. Like there was reasons. I guess that's where his doctorate comes in. LOL. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But like he said, there was a reason like he needed her to like say she just trusted him with the process and that he would work things out, but he wouldn't explicitly give in to her demands. Maybe because it sounds like a negotiation tactic sure frankly it sounds very cody brown to be quite honest with you Ew, it really does and i want to say like he also discouraged her he said do you feel like you're strong enough to handle being on the show and she said right now i do and he said are you willing to walk away from it if you ever feel like you're not and she said i do and i he did not feel she should be on the show that it wasn't good for her and that's probably the only thing dr phil and i will agree ever agree on, on. Mm-hmm. So let's go to the consequences of these charges. Uh, she spent only a few hours in jail. It was kind of like late, early morning hours, right? She got out on $20,000 bond. She pled no contest to one count misdemeanor of resisting arrest. She was sentenced to three years probation and ordered to serve 30 days of community labor, which her lawyer got downgraded to community service. I, I was like, that's a good lawyer. Yeah, like yeah. community labor and um, service, <laughs> I would imagine very different. Yeah, yeah. Um, she also had to do one year of weekly AA meetings. So she had to complete 52 meetings in one year. And in one article I read, it said that Kim must stay away from the Polo Lounge and the Beverly Hills Hotel. Another said she was banned. Semantics. I think she was actually like on a do not yeah. 
enter list uh-huh. like at the Beverly Hills Hotel. Aww. Sadly... This wouldn't be her own only arrest. I said Target, and I think this one people know. Mm. She was arrested at Target. It was the same year. Mm. This was not a good year for Kim. So, But it was so much more unexpected. Like the Beverly Hills Polo Club, a celebrity, a child right. star. Like it fits, right? Shoplifting $600 worth of junk merchandise at a Target in the Valley is like... That's in Vanderpump I don't want to say... Jack's kind of stuff. Am I... Am I right? This is off brand for Kim Richards. Mm-hmm. So apparently what happened is Kim went into a Target, helped herself to the reusable shopping bags in her cart and just started filling them. Then she went to the self checkout line, but instead of checking out, she just kept rolling. So the store security had been watching her because what she was doing looked very crazy because yeah. she wasn't really looking at things. She was just throwing them in the bags and like moving pretty quickly. So they approached her once she was 300 feet outside the store, because I guess that's like where you have to go to consider it shoplifting. So they go out there. They're like, hey, come to the back room. You know the back room. Like, we're going to look at some footage with you. They asked if she, they said, did you pay for these items? She said she couldn't remember. So she goes back. They show her the footage. It's clear she stole. So she didn't go to jail once again um, because she was able to make bond. So if she went to the county jail, it was for a minute. She got out on $5,000. She pleads no contest. And take a listen to the consequences. Okay. 36 months of probation, 300 hours of community service, ordered to attend 52 AA meetings in one year, and banned from Target. Was anything All Target? about that? No, that location. Okay, that was God, devastating. That is like cruel and unusual. Yes. I'm pretty sure you could appeal that. Guantanamo <laughs> There's like would a higher, do that. <laughs> yeah, there's a higher court for that kind of punishment. Um, but do you hear that? Do you notice the pattern? It's the same, same exact, mm-hmm. like down to the number. It's mm-hmm. just bizarre. It's like they just carbon copied her last yeah. case. So now she has like, I assume she has to do both, but yeah. I'm not sure if they, you know, Double they do like up. concurrently and mm-hmm. like consecutively. I'm not sure. Unfortunately, there is more. Something about Kim is that, you know, she loves her kids, mm-hmm. but she really loves animals too, especially her dogs. And unfortunately, another source of courtroom drama in her life stems from the one thing that should be completely free of drama and conflict, her beloved pit bull, Kingsley. Over the years, Kim has been sued four times by people who have been bitten or attacked by her dog. Four times? Yes. One case led to a 266000 judgment against Kim because she ignored the lawsuit and didn't appear in court. Like if she had dealt with it... If there were damages that she had to pay, it would have been so much lower. But mm-hmm. this just added up and snowballed because she ignored it. Strangely, Kyle was named in that suit. And not because of the reason you might think, which is that Kingsley also bit her own niece, Alexia, Kyle's yeah. daughter. That is not why. Kyle was on that suit because it happened in the con- in Kim's condo. It was her assistant that got bit. Mm. Kyle purchased that home for Kim so in order to correct collect the damages Kyle got named because she's technically the owner Mm -hmm. and it also came out that Kim wasn't even paying rent like it truly was entirely paid for by by Kyle Kyle got it settled out of court and got herself removed from the lawsuit and took care of it undisclosed amounts all of that sure you know how it goes but as I mentioned Kingsley also bit Alexia and it resulted in a major hand injury and she needed surgery. And this plays out on the show as Mm -hmm. well. It's like, how much can two sisters take? This is like the last thing they needed. So it's just another way that 
these unhealthy dynamics between Kyle and Kim just play out on the show. It's like Kim needs help. Kyle helps. Kim resents the help. Kyle resents helping and so on and so forth. And then you throw in this, this dog bite and there's like a breach of trust and just because it wasn't the first time the dog had lashed out. Yeah. It's not really a surprise that this happened. There's a pattern. No. And worst of all, Kim had told Kyle she was rehoming Kingsley, and she hadn't. So Kyle thought the dog was not even at the home oh. when it happened. So there was deception yeah. involved in it as well, I'd which just makes too. it... I would be too. It's terrible. So it's unclear right now if she rehomed the dog or put the dog down. I saw both circulating. One of the two happened. She's not in possession of Kingsley anymore, which is sad because it was her yeah. best friend. And and I think the dog was just very protective of, of Kim and her home and sometimes didn't interpret like sure. foe or friend. In doing this story, it's become clear that we have only seen the tip of the iceberg on the show. And once Kim was off the show, enter Kathy. And Kathy and Kyle have their own relational drama, but it all ties back to many of these same issues that come from their childhood of just the girls being financially responsible so young, the constant fear around Kim's addiction combined with money and business, which they all seem to have enmeshed at some point Mm -hmm. because Kyle's husband, Mauricio, goes into business with Kathy's husband. All these enmeshments is the only word that keeps coming to me, just have made for this like relationship between the sisters that is just loaded with issues right honestly in light of everything I'm amazed they're doing as well as they are even though there's so many problems yeah and I was thinking during this it'd be so great to hear a really like unedited look into their childhood does that exist did you know that Kim wrote a memoir allegedly no I was just thinking of what's that show American American girl. Oh, American woman. American woman. Yeah. American woman. Yeah. I didn't put it in the episode because it was like more Kyle focused, but yeah, 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 she wrote a fictionalized version of her mom played by uh, Alicia Silverstone. Oh, I didn't Only got picked that was up. who was in it. Yeah. It was like a really good cast and um, it did okay. It didn't get a second season, but that was a big part of the drama on this mm-hmm. show, right? Was Kathy was like, why are you doing this? And Kyle's like, it's dramatic. It's not real, but it was based on truth. Sure. And I think it showed that an unsavory perspective on how they were raised with some fond memories because things are not usually all bad or all good. It's usually some gray mix of both. Um, But Kim did in 2019 get a book deal. And part of me, when I actually chose this in my initial research, when I was like, I saw enough there that there was a story. I was like, Oh my gosh, Kim wrote a memoir. How did I not know this? I'm going to read it, but no such luck. She was given a $300,000 book advance And she had a title and a ghostwriter and everything. And the book was going to be called The Whole Truth, The Reality of It All. Terrible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we could do so much better. She gets the deal in 2019, but the publisher scratched it in 2020 because everything was going to pot in 2020. But more so, Kim didn't produce any of the writing because of COVID. She said it was a very scary time for her. She didn't feel like she could be vulnerable. She thought this is a terrible time to air her family's truth, like everyone's home paying attention (laughs) I don't know people people might actually read it yeah so she just basically froze panicked and decided she's not going to do it Harper Collins let her keep the money because they felt like they're not going to recoup it they let her keep the advance they scrapped the book but the um 
book description for the whole truth is was still on their website. It's now been taken down, but someone captured it. And it says, a soul-bearing confession of a woman revealing what it was like to be treated like a show pony as a child star, a disposable object as a wife, and a whipping post as a sister, and a tabloid commodity as a celebrity. And I felt like that is really not favorable to Kim. Like... I guess Kim's own words would support it, but yeah. don't you feel like they're spinning it in a way that was almost manipulating her and taking advantage of her? Oh yeah, they were they were going to get some dirt and exploit. Absolutely, it but, feels exploitive. Oh, she's lucky that didn't come out because I can't even imagine the problems that would have. Uh, well, yeah, they into. were going to demand that she tell some really dark stuff, which no doubt she has. And I just don't know if it would have been good for her. Kim told People Magazine, I've changed a lot since then. I don't even know if any of this stuff would apply any longer. I'm so different today, hopefully in a good way. I didn't know who I was until I spent two years by myself during COVID. Relatable. Um, I think a lot of people feel that way. So it's almost like that was someone else. This is now... I'm not doing that. I don't even have the money in her bank account anymore. It is gone. <laughs> that 300000 Can you even? 300000 How? Without a ghostwriter? How did she not do it? With, I mean, I guess you have to work with a ghostwriter, but well, come on. Thanks for remembering there was a ghostwriter because she pipes up. Strangely, her name is Kingsley Baker. Oh. The same okay. name as her dog. Kimsley's like, hi, I did write a couple hundred pages of your book and you promised me 10 grand. So she sues her for $10,000. They settle for five. Also, how are you only going to spend $10,000 on a ghostwriter who's writing your whole book and you got 300K? That doesn't be like 100,000. Yeah, that should have been a much bigger based on how much for an advance. They're thinking this book's going to do really, really well. Uh huh. All my yeah. Googling about advances are like $10,000. So her celebrity was getting oh. her way more. Yes. And to not yes. even pay the person who has done that work, I don't like that. I know. it. She didn't until it was um, forced. forced in court. Yeah. Terrible. And then only 5000 So those pages exist somewhere too, which is kind of a Ooh, haunting, titillating <laughs> factoid. Um, so here's, that's where the story ends. That's the most recent. I mean, the good news is there is nothing more recent than that. Yeah, that really. was like 2020, 2021. I, I think no news for Kim Richards is good news. Mm-hmm. I want her to stay off Real Housewives yep. of Beverly Hills. I feel like Kathy came in and got to be this like fun star, like quirky Kathy. Mm-hmm. And she was, she was so fun, but it's like so unfair to me that like Kim left with so much collateral damage and Kathy just seems somehow like shielded from all of that i don't know well yes i am no. fascinated we don't know true. what happened in that room with kathy and the ride that's with true we'll where it know. left off there is a mystery mm-hmm. but she's so powerful i guess kim never looked or seemed powerful right. kim seemed always so vulnerable and kathy has a lot going for her in terms of self-protecting mm-hmm. but i do hope it comes out if she said or did something abhorrent mm-hmm. i want to know um but their relationship to me is so fascinating, all three of them. Yeah. Like, and it's really easy to be Team Kim. I think she's more sympathetic yeah. than Kyle. But it's not that simple. Like, what do you, I don't know. Do you have like a take on it? So when you were saying the stuff about the house, yeah. my first thought is she bought them a house when she was little. But as you said, that wasn't Kyle's fault that Big Kathy right. had used her money for that. So did Kim actually owe her anything? Not really. But then we find out that she has this house that Kim's paying for that, you know, Kim's not, I'm sorry, that that 
Kyle. Kyle is yeah. paying for, and Kim isn't, you know, paying rent or anything. So she is still protecting her sister in some level, but like, I don't know. It's kind of like a backhanded thing. Like, don't do something for me and then throw it in my face. Just don't do it for me. I don't want it. Exactly. This is very, you know, there's a lot of patterns here that I'm sure have like been established for a long time that are really hard to break. But it's enabling behavior yeah. really on yeah. Kim, on Kyle's part. But like also who can blame her? You probably feel really guilty. But I just think it can't be good that this child supported their whole family then grew up to be the one who like fell apart and then needed all the help mm-hmm. it's just it's just doomed it's right. just a disaster and I my heart really does go out to Kim yeah I just between Kyle and Kathy and her I just feel like they have I don't know Kyle and Kathy have managed to navigate their life in a way that like doesn't make them look so vulnerable like yeah. Kim to me just there's a Mary Cosby effect. There's some scenes I watched. Mm-hmm. Kim's so unpredictable. Yeah, yeah. You don't know what she's going to say that I get that uncomfy feeling. Like, that happens a lot. Yeah. Oh, we didn't even mention the blue bunny. That's another mm. brilliant, the gift of the blue bunny yeah. and the plastic wrap. The taking back anyway, the blue bunny. Yes. Yeah. It's, um, it's oh, a that's rich fascinating. story. Full of, yeah. Really interesting. I hope, I just hope she stays Me too. sober and out of the news. Oh, absolutely. Her being off- as much as I loved her on uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, it got too real. And remember <gasps> the season she was with that guy whose skin was like gray? That's the only way I yes. can describe it. And like yes. scary. And obviously he was dealing with his own addiction things. Yep. That's where I was like, oh, we're going down a path we are not going to be able to turn around from. So in that sense, yep. I'm very glad um, that she was taken off. And hopefully Bravo does that more. I mean, I don't like losing people on these shows. We want to watch train wrecks, but that's a different kind of train wreck. That's just It's sad. such a fine line, right? I mean, you really have to walk the line. And it, when it goes just over and too far, it, it's like wrong. Yeah. But hovering right around it, dancing right before mm-hmm. it is the sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Who, who's a perfect example of it? Well, not That'll Dorinda. Early Dorinda, maybe. No, early Dorinda. Mm-hmm. But by the end, like, no. Same Even idea. Ramona, mm-hmm. it got so bad because, like, who she was kind of was just so coming out mm-hmm. in a way that wasn't good. Yeah. Yeah. All of them know. get to a point where you're like, oof, nope, let's, you know. And that is that is a nice thing about Housewives is that they do take people off. Sometimes they yes. bring them back. Taylor's doing right. great on Orange County, and she had, like – Is she – I think she's been doing well. I don't think she's doing she's anything. not doing much, but she's there and yeah. um and she's not yeah, she's not doing a whole lot, but she did she did get under Heather's skin, which I'm all about that. Like yeah. the second you can really bother Heather, I'm here for that. It's so funny. One of our listeners and friends was messaging us about Heather just yesterday. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you saw it. Mm-hmm. Um Kim and it was like just she she's a Heather Dubrow fan cuz she Kim, actually watched are wild Kim. Yes. Oh, yes. Kim, I have to talk to you. She said she watched her sitcom, whatever it was called, on CBS. And I said, I think you're the only person I've ever spoken to that actually knows Heather Dubrow from TV right. and Housewives. Um, so for her, there's like a soft spot for her. I mean, okay. she knows she's insane and ridiculous, but she like she's like, no, I'm here for it. I'm like, okay. Kim knows enough. everything. And I know, you know, I have to always default to her. If she likes Heather Dubrow, I'm going to rethink it. I might like Heather That's- Dubrow now. I never would have um, challenged. I would have just agreed with you entirely about getting under Heather Dubrow's skin. I'm like, well, actually, Kim said. Now I'm so, over it. No, actually, yeah, Taylor, get no, off of my screen. This is not yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> she shined a new light for sure. But um, yeah. But I am excited for the new season. Yeah. 
of oh, Beverly yeah, Hills. Oh, yeah, yeah, Me too. Um, so we'll see, because all this stuff we've been seeing in the news will be playing out. So yeah. Anyway, yeah. that was the story of Kim Richards. Great job. And thanks. I want to hear what you've been watching, because you've been dangling it. <sighs> okay. Well, I don't even know if anybody's going to be excited. So first of all, I blame you and thank you for this. You Ooh. had that last breath what was that documentary the called? deepest breath you keep texting me Everyone. about it calling it the longest breath which totally also works yeah but like completely changes it somehow <laughs> not not it and when i get to the one i'm doing i also got the name confused for that um okay. so anyway i have two i could not choose between the two because oh they they both are in that same family of like health and athleticism and drama and all that stuff okay I know, okay. I know. I turned 40 this month, so I feel like I'm just going through a lot and yes. um, I'm yeah. processing. Okay. I get it. And the first one I definitely don't think you'll get because this is one of those like TikToks somebody recommended and I was like, all right, I'll okay. watch it. So it's a few years okay. older. Uh, the first one is it's on Prime, Running, and it's a documentary. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. It's called Just Period One Period Mile Period. Oh, I've never heard of it. Yeah, I'll read the little description. In one of the most grueling and psychologically challenging endurance races in the world, 100 runners come together to take on a treacherous, continuous one-mile loop in the mountains of Tennessee for over 30 straight hours until only one person's left standing. So these people go to this place, and they run a mile – You have to run a mile within 20 minutes. Whatever you do with the rest of those 20 minutes, so if you get back at 15 minutes, you have five minutes to go to the bathroom, to drink water, to eat. Wait, I could even do this. I I can run a mile in 20 minutes. Okay. I said the same thing. (laughs) But I would have been the first lady that was out on the first round because there's elevation and you're coming back down. Like It's not just run a lap, right? Flat terrain. Okay. At all. So they're just going. So after, you know, so you'll sometimes see people come in, they sit down, they've got five minutes to go, blah, blah, blah. They eat, they drink, they go. Then you see people come in at the last second and have to restart their mile. But there's, go ahead. Go ahead. No, that's, I mean, that's really like the whole thing. So if you don't get there before the 20 minutes is up, you're out. And it just keeps going and going and going. Every 12 hours, they get 20 minutes to just sleep. So Imagine you're – these people are, like, bathrooming themselves on these runs, but it's all about this, like, mental endurance. One guy gets a call that his dad's in ICU during the run. Like, there's all these different stakes of, like – Actually, I shouldn't tracking. have it. I shouldn't have even recommended this. This is a no, Melissa no, no. personal one. <laughs> I'm I'm not clear on the on run. Anything. Yeah. I don't understand. Okay. Can you read the description again? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> In one of the most grueling and psychologically challenging endurance races in the world, 100 runners come together to take on a treacherous, continuous one-mile loop in the mountains of Tennessee for over 30 straight hours until only one person's left standing. Okay. So it goes like this. Blow your whistle. You have 20 Uh minutes to run the mile. Okay. Do whatever you want when you get back. But at that next whistle, if you're not back in there to run, you're out. So okay. it's just going and going and going. So you do the mile multiple times. Oh, yes. It's just okay. every 20 minutes, it's another mile. Okay. So okay. 30 hours equals over 100 miles some of these people oh my end up doing. gosh. Is there a prize? Okay. There's no prize. Except what? they started making a quilt, which... No, stop. 
absolutely. I don't even want the quilt. I would have caught the quilt on fire if they gave it to me absolutely. for this. But it's would have suffocated someone. Like I know. But it's so fascinating because like at one point one guy has nobody there with them, so other pl- or other runners who have not been able to compete are helping him, making sure he has water, making sure he has what he needs. Like it's just like this weird community thing that I don't understand running at all. It's not my thing. I hate it. Me I'll never do it. Me either. Same. But the stories that were going on within it and hearing them just pushing themselves just one more mile, that's what they, like a lot of them would say, like, I just, all I have to concentrate is this mile. I can stop, you know, and then go to that. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's just a cool, I don't know. Blame yourself because honestly, uh, yeah, your I thing this did whole this. <laughs> sports thing. I know. No, I do blame myself, but I will never watch that. Oh, it's, it is so inspiring, honestly. I don't okay. want to run, okay. but like. You don't say that often, so. Okay. But save right. it. Save it. I don't want you to watch this one. I want you to watch okay. the other one. <gasps> it's Christmas. Better. I get Sorry. two. Listen, I could have given you five. I watched a lot this week. It was weird. Nice. Um, okay. The last one, Netflix Health Golden Years. It's been on the top 10 on Netflix. Um. Well, I thought there was like a dating show for the Golden Years, but that's oh, not that's what this is because this is health. Or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No. That's what not is this? At all. Um, this is called Live to a Hundred Secrets of the Blue Zone. Are you familiar oh. with the Blue Zone? No. It's these areas. I think there's five or six in the world where people live to be a hundred years old, really without trying. They just have these. It's just their lifestyle. They just have like a whole bunch of people that are 100 who live in this area, this area, this area. I know. But it's all the whole – it's like four parts. And this guy has traveled to these different places and worked with people for years to kind of look at lifestyle, um, how important, you know, family connections are, how important it is to have friendships, foods you eat, all of it together. Because – Okay. Each zone, one's in Asia, one's in California. They're different, right? What they do and right, and sure. how they live are different. It's fascinating. And just, I know. Is it episodic? Yeah, Is it's, it's like for, a, okay. they kind of go through, it's almost like this circle of different things yeah. that they touch on. But like, there's an area in California where a lot of people live to be 100. And that one comes from a lot of uh, faith-based, like there's a whole lot of Seventh-day Adventists that live in this hmm. area. It's really, really interesting, and I'm like it is super interesting. into it. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like one I would watch with my husband. Watch that one, just one mile, Kim. If you're listening, we've talked about you for half the show now. <laughs> you, I told her about this. I don't know if she's watched yes. it yet, but it's it's both of them are good. Sorry, I didn't mean to give two, but it was no. Don't be I had sorry. Five. That's so fun. Oh my goodness. Um, does it make you want to live to a hundred? Yes. It makes me I don't want actually to. want to be 100. Well, here's what you don't want. You don't want to be unhealthy Decrepid. and a burden to your family. 100%. Or not be able to live. So it's less about living to 100 and more about like having an active lifestyle that you can maintain and friendships yes. that help your mental health. All those kind of things. It all goes together. I agree. Yeah. I agree. If I could be guaranteed like, what is it called? Golden? Um, the Golden years? Oh yeah. Golden years when you're just. Yeah, if my years would be golden and I would be in good mental and physical health, like I could deal. But right. I just don't want to be like out of it or like bedridden. I can't. This is all about that though. It's just like why are these areas having not having so that happen? Interesting. Mm-hmm. And yeah. one's Italy okay. where they eat pasta, so like it doesn't. It's not a specific. Everyone eats blueberries at five in the morning. Right. Right. It's just incorporating new things in your life. I'm pumped. 
do you think it does it kind of come to a point where you think it's more psychological or like mental health it's all of it it's like it's making it a daily choice and you know some of it's like not holding grudges things you know but like sure how important it is when he talks to these people like how are you at 80 you know nine years old herding horses you know it's like one place they don't even have a word for the word a word for the word retirement like it's just not even in their oh, thing and how being right they just work exactly yeah. so it's right I think you'd like it, it reminds me you're gonna hate this of an expert that I heard on armchair I know where this is going. oh that was okay <laughs> finish this and then I have one more selling point for you to watch it go ahead okay um where the expert who I can't remember was telling Dax and Monica about um loneliness is like a bigger yeah statistically a bigger killer at higher risk of death for the elderly than like lung disease or something it's like the importance of relationships like mm-hmm. healthy relationships literally can save your life and I was like and he had science and stuff around it but it was so interesting well then you'll like this because that's basically okay. so much of it like going to a okay. nursing home if you put somebody in a nursing home they on average lose six years of their life just stuff that Jeez. like how important like family relationships friendships all that are but here's my selling point the guy that does it looks like an older dax shepherd sign me up i know i I forgot that should have been my opening (laughs) argument but yeah it's my man (laughs) okay all right well sorry that was like gonna watch it sold yeah perfect good Okay, well, I actually watched this a few weeks ago, but I didn't have a chance to tell you because I chose other things in between. I don't remember. Sure. It's fine. It's still something people are watching. Apple TV, Airplane. Tell me if I did this. Uh, Sexiest Man Alive. Huh? Not Dax Shepard. No, just kidding. (laughs) No. Uh, Do you know? No. I don't really know anything on Apple, though. Okay. Yeah, I know. Not everybody has Apple TV, but uh, sign up for a free seven days yeah. and watch this show called hijack oh i don't even know it Mm-mm. i am a nervous flyer like 10 or 15 years ago 12 years ago i flew over a tornado Ooh, and it like i was already a nervous flyer mm-hmm. that like cemented this as a phobia i have just come to the place where i can really travel fairly freely i don't need to medicate but i am not someone who's like yay a plane ride sure but i can handle it now i've seen the show and we're back to the drawing board. Mm-hmm. But it was, I still recommend it because it was so good. So it's starring Idris Elba, Ooh, Sexiest Man yes, Alive. And here's the little description. When flight KA29 is hijacked during its seven-hour journey from Dubai to London, corporate negotiator Sam Nelson tries to use his professional skills to save everyone on board. Okay. So the whole thing. Well, actually, the whole thing doesn't happen on the airplane, but it starts in the airplane, but then stuff happens. But the whole show is just one flight, right? Got it. So it's like this, it's really, really well done. Probably one of the more, or not the more, like most suspenseful things I've watched mm-hmm. in a really long time. Like edge of the couch, kind of like can't take it, need a break to walk right. around between episodes. But my husband and I tore through it in two nights. I think it's six episodes. And, um, Really well written because these shows with hijacking and terrorism can get very hokey and kind of like we've seen this Mm -hmm. very well written. So it maintains a real believability. But then it's so scary because like, what if this happened? Right. But Idris Elba is amazing. Everyone in it is so good. British accents, Mm. you know, love it. So really fun if you like like a suspenseful show. Okay. 
Yeah. I'm on my health and fitness uh, watches. Again, no thanks to you. Actually, only thanks to you. Um, so <laughs> you're welcome. So well, I'm not sure if I'm to us about the deepest breath. Like it's the kind of sh- show when you see it, the documentary, when you see it, you do need to talk about it, which is oh, why yeah. I recommended it. I mean, I've told everyone I know to watch it and you know, people have different responses. Um, but it isn't like a, Oh yeah, I was interested. Like you kind of, you, you keep thinking you after things. you watch it. Yes. You oh feel yeah. Things you think things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. So heartbreaking. It was. Well, man, we covered a lot of ground in this episode today. <laughs> we did. Nice job. Yeah, you too. Um, do it again in sure, two weeks. Sure. But first, tell me what we might be talking about or give me clues. Okay. I went with alliteration um, again. Oh, we love that one. Okay, that. good. Okay, first clue, fashion. Okay. Next clue, financing. Okay. Third clue, fish. And I fish like a dish you eat or like fishing? Fish in the ocean. Fish in the ocean. Think oceanic things. Financing. Fish. Should I know it? Adjacent. You do know it. I'm sure you know it. Um, Okay. But my fish one might be the one that's throwing you off. Financing and fashion. Or maybe let's say financier. Very cool. I think I know where we're going and I'm... Oh, the fish just clicked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the fish it. just clicked. Mm-hmm. I got it from, okay. You got it. Very got exciting. It. Okay. Well, I, oh, okay. Awesome. Um, everybody, while you're not listening to Criminality, you can listen to Moms and Mysteries every Tuesday. Melissa is the co-host there and we'll be back with a new episode in two weeks. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.